0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, this is Woodstock Proud, spotlighting the individuals, businesses, and organizations that make Woodstock one of the premier destinations in Metro Atlanta to live, work, and
1: play. Now, here's your host.
0: Hello and welcome to Woodstock Proud here on Business Radio X. I'm your host, Jim Bulger, and if you've been with us before, it's great to have you back again. If you're joining us for the first time, we appreciate you spending a few minutes with us as we get better acquainted with some of the individuals and businesses and organizations that are making a daily difference here in the Woodstock community. Today's guest is Robin Wright, another proud resident of Woodstock, and a mortgage loan originator with Silverton Mortgage. Now, Robin is also one of the most active and effective business networkers in the Woodstock area, and we're going to talk to Robin about the current mortgage landscape and a little later get his thoughts about how networking can really make a difference in your business. So, Robin, welcome to Woodstock Proud.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm really
0: glad to be here. Looking forward to it. Now, also joining Robin and me in the studio today is Stone Payton, the managing partner of Business Radio X. And Stone, the reason I'm so glad you're sitting in is that, first off, you recently opened this new Business Radio X studio here in Woodstock. And just a few months ago, also became one of our newest neighbors when you and your wife bought a home here in Woodstock. Plus, you're another proven relationship builder who recently has gotten very active in many of the networking opportunities in the area. So, Stone, so glad to have you sitting in.
2: Well, thanks for inviting me to play, man. I've really been looking forward to this one.
0: Now, we're going to have a good time. So, Robin, let's, let's start talking about home mortgages. I mean, as we sit here in June of 2021, we're in an amazing time for home purchases here in the Woodstock area and really throughout Cherokee County. But over the past few months, I mean, Woodstock has enjoyed some impressive and exciting array of awards as Money Magazine's number 17 best place in, to live in the U.S. Home Magazine, just a couple of months ago, named us the third best suburb to move to in the U.S. Yep, And people are starting to, to discover what we've known for a long time, and that's that Woodstock is a great place to live. Yet housing prices remain affordable. Mortgage rates have remained low, but with all this new attention, I'm hearing a lot of people say that homes are only on the market for a few days I mean, there's a lot of action going on. So you spent over 20 years in the mortgage business. How does this compare to what you've seen in the past?
1: Um, it's a very good question. Uh, it, this, this is something that we've, a market that we've never seen before. Uh, uh, and there's a lot of variables that, that are attribute that are attributed to it. um, you know, one of them being what you mentioned, there's, you know, with yet with COVID, a lot of folks found out because of technology and the way that their jobs were working, that they could work remotely from home and be just as productive as they always have been. Um, So their employers have also realized that. And as a result, there are a lot of folks that maybe had previously lived in possibly more expensive areas of the country uh, that um, see the opportunity that exists to, to move to such a vibrant place. I mean, we've got, um, you know, some of the best fire and PD in the state, uh, um, it, you know, the a, a great uh, school system uh, um, throughout the county um, and, uh, and, and everything else that Woodstock brings from a business and a personal perspective, great trails, the arts, concert series, the list goes on and on and on. So people see these things. And, and with rates being as low as they are on, on mortgages, even though inventory is low, it's it's really still a great time to, to, to buy for those people who are relocating or, or uh, uh, possibly moving up or moving down, depending on what's going on with their families. But in regards to the level of inventory that we're seeing on the market it, it is fairly and I hate to use the word unprecedented because we've heard it so much over the last little while um, but um, homes are seeing multiple offers oftentimes over list uh, we're having to and in, in, in working with our real estate partners we're having to you know find creative ways to have these buyers win offers um, we're seeing some 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 Really interesting tactics when it comes to negotiating contracts. Um, I actually, you know, have a, a transaction that's in Florida. It's not a it's not a Woodstock deal, but I've got a Florida deal that, I, that that I onboarded yesterday. That in order for them to win, they had to do a ten day due diligence and waive every other contingency. So no appraisal wow. contingency, no financing contingency, and the financing contingency was fine because we already had them fully approved, and we we could talk about that, um, but. You know, when uh, a seller puts a house on, it seems, and I'm not a real estate, uh, a realtor, you know, I don't hold a realtor's license, but based on what I'm seeing in the current market, it, you know, if a buyer wants to win an offer, they definitely need to be prepared. Um, And sellers um, are, uh, are usually seeing multiple offers in most instances with uh, a lot of cases where they're seeing offers over list, which is something that is,
0: is not typical in any fashion. So for someone who's looking to buy a home, knowing that they have to move fast in this market because the homes are only on the market for a few days, what are some of the steps they can take to ensure that they can secure a mortgage loan quickly? Um,
1: I would suggest that my, my, my dad was a big fan of, he had a saying, it was the five Ps, um, which is prior planning prevents poor performance. So I would su- I would suggest that I would suggest that any potential buyer be extremely prepared. Um, in this environment, it's kind of a joke in my house. It's kind of funny uh, and a little bit I guess it, it relates, but uh, it's kind of a joke in my house that I could almost set my clock to every Friday between five and seven p.m. where I'll get a call from someone that says, "Hey, the perfect house just hit the market." I know I've never talked to you before, but I need a letter in 15 minutes so I can make an offer, okay? <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, I love that. I'm glad that they're calling. I appreciate the person that told them about me, and, and I appreciate the opportunity. I'm certainly not, not poo-pooing that, you know. But at the end of the day, when it comes to purchasing what is largely probably going to be an individual's largest asset in their lifetime, being extremely prepared is not a bad idea. Um, so, you know, there are some things that an individual could do to be prepared and even to stand out from other buyers in this marketplace. uh, In what way? Um, well, let's say for example, the typical real estate contract will have three different contingency periods, right? It'll have a due diligence period where an individual can wake up in the middle of the night and say, I don't like that shade of blue in the bathroom and I'm going to cancel the contract and they walk away and they get their earnest money back. Right. And then you've got a financing contingency. Uh, And then you have an appraisal contingency. You know, the appraisal contingency is there to protect the buyer in case the house doesn't appraise for the purchase price because the lender is only going to lend on the lesser of the purchase price of the appraisal. So that's there to protect them in case the house appraises for less than the agreed upon purchase price. And then you have the financing contingency, which is there in place to protect the buyer in in an instance where something happens and their loan gets denied, then they get their earnest money back. Okay, so one thing that an individual could do is get fully approved for their mortgage in regards to fully vetting their income and assets and employment and, you know, credit and all the back office IRS reports and everything that we have to pull to comply with all the federal regulations and whatnot. Get all that stuff done on the front end. Right. And then be able to make an offer without a financing contingency. So gotcha. if a seller is looking at three different offers, and let's say they're static in regards to purchase price and closing costs and everything else, the numbers are the same, but they've got one person that's got a, a, a generic pre-qual letter from ABC Mortgage, and then you've got you know a, a pre-approval from a loan officer at you know, XYZ mortgage. And then you've got a letter from Silverton that says, we have fully vetted this borrower. And, you know, if we can close this loan in 14 days, if you go under contract and all we need is an appraisal, a title, re-verify your employment and get a homeowner's insurance policy, that separates that buyer from other buyers in the
0: market. Well, and don't you have some special programs at Silverton too, where someone can Get a lot of the preliminary qualifying done even before they've decided on a home.
1: Exactly. Um, we actually have a program, and you know, and a, a lot of lenders do it, you know, uh, but it's something that we really specialize in. It's what we call our Silverton Secure Plus, Plus. Um, and it's really neat because you know it takes a lot of resources from an operational standpoint to underwrite and process a loan. Okay, I mean, you've got you we've got underwriters. That you know are working twelve, fourteen-hour days in this environment. Uh, you know they're they I mean, they're just constantly cranking out files, processing and and operations. I mean, there's a lot of back office stuff that happens with the mortgage. Much as like everybody and all the commercials that you might see on TV might lead you to believe it's not as simple as just pressing a button. <laughs> uh, um, but that being said, um, you know. Th- th- Silverton is because we truly value our our realtor partners and our relationships with our clients. We have made a promise and uh, uh, we have developed a program. And it was around Silverton long before I joined Silverton, you know, clearly. But it's the secure plus. And what it allows us to do is before a client has identified a property, uh, we will fully vet them. We'll send out the f- state and federal disclosures. We will gather all their income and asset documentation, pull all the back office reports, spend all the money, have an underwriter underwrite the file, and then say, Mr. Borrower, Mrs. Borrower, this is what you're good for. And, um, it, and then we will guarantee a, a two-week close in that scenario. And if we miss that close date, then we will pay the buyer and the seller $1,000. Wow.
0: Okay. Well, Stone, you just went through this process a couple of months ago.
2: And- well, I, I did, and and I, I feel so blessed that the the realtor that we had, and her name is Jill Heinic, and she's a she's a Business Radio X client as, as well. So I had a relationship with her, and and her show is on customer experience. So she takes that very seriously, right? That's what, and uh, she was so great at getting us connected with someone in the mortgage business that helped us think through all this. And we did very, I think we did something very similar to what you're describing right out of the box. And in this environment, we wanted to separate ourselves. We did not have enough cash to just go buy the house outright. We needed to sell our house eventually, but we had the assets and the credit to where we could borrow enough cash. And then we're in the process right now in in the last little bit of recasting the loan, but all of that stuff was taken care. I don't, I didn't, we didn't understand half of it, and we, and we were okay um, because we trusted Jill and we trusted the person that Jill uh, got us connected with. But you talk about um, peace of mind when you go out in the marketplace and your wife, who let's admit it, that's she's the boss, um, decides she wants that house. We can make an offer with. Um, without that, is that a contingency too? Like it, it, it wasn't based on if we sell our house, we'll buy yours. Right. And the peace of mind that comes with that. But, but yeah, I can't, uh, I cannot overstate how, um. How good it felt—the security, the peace of mind that Holly and I had during the very brief time that we went out and looked at homes and found what we wanted.
1: Well, it allowed you to shop with confidence.
2: Oh yeah, right.
1: I mean, there wasn't—you know—sometimes, you know, <clears throat> and and, and I, buying a house is is kind of like a life experience. You know, I mean, it's it's not like a divorce or a death in the family or something like that. But you're really going through a lot. I mean, you're getting put through the paces. You're stroking a big check. Yeah. Right. I mean, anytime you stroke a check with a comma in it, there's a little bit of <laughs> angst in it, right? You know. So
2: <laughs> it, was, it was for us, I'll tell you. That.
1: And, and then you're committing yourself to this obligation for you know 15, 20, 30 years, yeah. right? And all the upkeep, and you know, what if something goes wrong? And and this and that. This, this is where, like, I'm in, in this market. There's a lot of buyers in the marketplace, right? Mm. And there's not, there's not as many sellers as 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 we would like. And so what I'm trying to really advise a lot of these buyers to do is make sure that they're working with a good realtor uh, that can yes. can protect them, can make sure that they're not getting into a situation where they're exposing themselves to to any undue risk, uh, because a real estate contract is a contract. I, I mean, there are ramifications to not fulfilling the obligations related to it, and a first time home buyer that doesn't hasn't done it before or has never been down that road really needs someone to help guide them, and and working with a licensed realtor is an, an important component of that.
2: Well, so let me ask you about that. In our scenario, um, Jill. Heineck was our quarterback, right? She connected us with, you know, and we trusted her implicitly. I've known her for a long time, and, you know, like I said, she's just a a, a wonderful person. In our case, she was the quarterback. Is that typically the case or sometimes – Silverton the quarterback and you help coordinate all the other.
1: It depends on the scenario. I okay. mean, yeah, depends. You know, because you
2: know, we uh, need a quarterback, right, Jim? We for for me and Jim to go out and build six eight relationships with the appraiser and the realtor and the, this, No, I need somebody I can trust.
1: Well, you you need you need a team, uh, right? right. You, you know, you need you need uh, uh, people that have relationships that do it every day. I mean, if I have a leaky faucet, I'm going to maybe try. To, tighten one or two things and see if I can fix it. But if I can't fix it, I'm calling a plumber.
2: <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, with that being the case, it, it's really important. And, and that's where having a team, like having a, a good insurance partner, having a good, ah, yeah, you know, right, right. Ha- a, having a good uh, realtor partner, you know, and it maybe it depends on where the client comes from. I mean, maybe it's a client that's a referral from a previous client for me and they're not being represented by a realtor. And then I can say, okay, hey, here's a realtor partner that I feel is a good fit for you. Based and you on have your,
2: those, right? You have some go-to people that you trust. You know that they're going to work hard for you and your clients. I mean, that's got to be key in your business.
1: It is, absolutely. And and I really try to uh, – um, I value those relationships tremendously, uh, you know, uh, because having a, a partner that you can count on and you know what you get and you know, the expectations are set, I don't have to worry about it, you know, is is huge. Because, you know – Guiding someone through the mortgage in the real estate process, much as you know the the layperson might think that it's not i mean it's not stressful it is stressful i mean we we know i i know that there are many lives that hang in the balance of this transaction and if i did a calculation wrong or if a partner doesn't turn something in on time or if we miss a contingency date you know someone's earnest money you know that's why we have processes in place and like for example when when we onboard a, a new purchase contract a client uh, we set calendar reminders so that I'm being reminded seven, five, and three days before contingencies, making sure that everything is in line and communicating with our partners uh, as we go through every step. So people know, you know, what to expect and when to expect it. It's really important and it's because they have so many. Oftentimes, people may be relocating, they're starting a new job. It's you know, there's many, there's many instances where people have. Multiple things going on at the same time while they're buying a
0: house. Sure. Right? Well, let me, I want to take advantage of 20 years experience that you're bringing to us today. Let's say someone's planning to buy a house a year from now. What can they do in the next 12 months as far as their personal finances go to better position themselves to qualify for the mortgage when they need it in a year? Okay. Okay.
1: Um, there's a there's quite a few things that they could do. I mean, the first thing that I would uh, advise them to do is to, to meet with a mortgage professional, um, and, and sit down and well, let me, let me rewind, I guess. The first thing that I would suggest that they do is they sit down and they do their own good personal budget. Uh, and they figure out how much money do they want to spend on housing when that time comes. Okay. And when I say housing, you know, it's, it's not just the principal and interest that you pay on the mortgage, right? You've got oh, property yeah. taxes. You've got <laughs> homeowner's insurance. Uh, if you're not putting 20% down, you've got MI, mortgage insurance. Um, you know, if you're living in a, in, a, in a place that has a homeowner's association, you've got HOA dues, right? So how much do you want to spend on that? You know, and then how much money do you feel like you're going to have in 12 months for a down payment? And then, you know, try to get an idea of those items um, and then, you know, meet with a mortgage professional and prepare a general analysis. We use a util- I use a utility called the Mortgage Coach, uh, which is a really cool utility that allows me to show people up to four scenarios in a side-by-side format. And you know, generally, people will have an idea of about where their credit score is. You know, there's the credit karmas and the you know the, the mm-hmm. those different utilities and whatnot. So generally, if they're a year out, you know, I'm going to suggest like give me an idea of where your score is. Give me an idea of what where, how much you want to put down, uh, or and how and, and and where you want the the payment to be, and then we'll structure an analysis so that I can show them okay at the end of the day, if you find a house that's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and you put three percent down and it's in you know eagle watch right um this is a this is what it's gonna cost you principal interest taxes insurance mortgage insurance here's a a good solid bird's eye view. Of what it's gonna look like at the end of the day. And then show them, okay, here's 250, here's 275, here's 300. Because invariably, what happens, you know, it's just like, you know, when I was a kid and I walked onto a car lot, you know, I walked onto the car lot, <laughs> I, I'm only gonna spend $10,000 on this car, right? And then that one car is there and I'm like, man, that one's 13 grand. I really like that car, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah.
1: So that, you know, that happens a lot. It's like people say, okay, well, I want it to be for this. And then they hit they, they, the perfect house at the market and it's 280. So I, I always think it's a good idea to, to, well, be prepared for that. So when it comes to the planning stage, when we're a year out for a client, I'm not advising at that instance that we would pull their credit yet, okay? Um, because a credit report's only good for 120 days. Uh, I have to fund the transaction within that 120-day timeframe. And um, so, it, you know, in an instance where they know what their credit is, Right then we can budget and plan and, and help them you know, save for their down payment, and this is how much you've got to have ready, and this is how much you have to have in reserves and, and whatnot, right? Now, in an instance where someone didn't know about their credit or they thought that maybe, hey, maybe my credit's a little wonky, you know, I don't really know for sure, but I think it could be this, but Credit Karma says it's that and whatever, then I would go ahead and yank it. I would say just go ahead and let's do a quick prequal. There's no, there's no fee, there's no cost to that. We have a very easy online application that somebody uh, you know can hammer out in five or ten minutes. It actually is really kind of cool because it even allows the borrowers to sync their accounts with our application so that we don't have to hassle them for bank statements and stuff like that. It just automatically pulls the data in. Technology is an
0: amazing thing. Uh, um, well, and as you said earlier, I mean, this is all part of the preparation to get ready for – what for most of us is the biggest single investment we're going to make in our life. And it's a traumatic time for people. I mean, you understand all the ins and outs of it, but for the rest of us, I mean, there's a lot of different types of loans available. There's a lot of legal paperwork that has to be signed. There's a lot of jargon we're unfamiliar with. We're writing a big check, as you said earlier, and people just don't totally understand the process that they know they have to go through to get that great house they just saw. So, as you work with your customers, how do you make that process more comfortable, more understandable for them?
1: Um well, the first thing that we do is we start with um every client, we start with just a general onboarding call. Um as as, you know, to give them a little bit of background on, well, on me, uh, a little bit of background on my team, uh, and then a a bird's-eye view of how the process is going to work. So, you know, it's typically, you know, there's, you know, someone will send me a text and say, so-and-so told me to call you. I'm looking, you know, I'm looking to buy or I'm looking to refi or whatever it is. And I'll say, okay, hey, let's call, let's meet at, let's talk at this time. And it's a 10 or 15-minute call um and depending on their scenario we'll ask a couple questions no won't be taking an application at that instance or whatever mm-hmm. just kind of getting a bird's eye view and then I'll kind of step them through the first couple steps you know does it make sense to even apply and have your credit pulled you know or, or are you too far out uh uh or are you just budgeting and planning and let's do an analysis for you and we'll kind of figure that out and then once it, if if it makes sense for an individual to apply depending on their scenario time frame refinance purchase transaction um at that point, once I get the application, I just walk them through the next steps, like okay this this is just the disclosure step. Once I get these back, my assistant Emma is going to move it into processing and underwriting. And in addition to that, we do uh, weekly videos uh, that we send out to all our clients that are, that are in process to update them in regards to the milestones that they are. So, like, when an appraisal gets ordered, a client will get an email from, from us saying, hey, this is the appraisal step. The appraiser's going to go out there, do some measuring, turn the report in, underwriter's got to. So it's a, it, the, the communication aspect. You know, you, you, you kind of set the table early. Right? By saying, giving them a bird's eye view of the process. And then as you're approaching each milestone, you remind them of that.
0: Well, I think that's where people tend to get the most twitchy is when they're not hearing anything and they don't understand the process. They're kind of putting their trust into people who. They hope know the process, right? They're, but our,
1: our CEO, not to, it, just because you, you touched on it, our CEO has a saying that I remember very, very vividly, and it says, "He said, in the absence of communication, people make up their own story." Exactly.
2: That is so true. It, it was true in the. Change management consulting world that I came from, sure. right? In the absence of that information, they'll they'll fill in their own gaps.
1: I would rather over I would rather <laughs> right, over right, communicate. Right. Like you know, I asked I asked my boss. I'm like, wait, I'm sending them a text message. I'm I, I'm sending them an email, and they're getting a video telling them you know because I mean I believe we're thorough. <laughs> okay, and you send a video. Yeah.
2: How cool is that? I don't yeah. mean to get you off track. But no, it's yeah. a little oh,
1: animated cool. little animated video. Sweet. Yep. I'm actually working with the guy to uh, contract a series of like. 10 or 12 personalized where i'm going to do them myself yeah um i think i have a better voice than i do a face by the way stay after class i do
2: want him to stay and do some voiceover work are you listening to this i interrupted you anyway this thing of communication
1: yeah.
2: over-communicate.
1: Well, right? yeah, I would rather over-communicate. So, like, I was talking with my boss a couple months ago, and uh, and I'm like, well, you know, is this overboard? And he said, man, they can always hit the unsubscribe button at the bottom. If it's like if right. they don't want the video, you yeah, know, you and know. they like the text or whatever, he said, but why not hit them on several different mediums because maybe they're not checking their email or, you know, maybe it went to spam or junk or I would mm-hmm. rather err on the side of caution. And I think that's just when it comes to this isn't, you know, uh, we're not going down and buying a TV from Best Buy, Right. right. Uh, you know, I mean, this is a serious deal. There well, goes
2: my Best Buy sponsorship. Oh, so we're <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> well, what we talked about, I mean, that communication is so important. And you've both talked about the trust that needs to be present uh-huh. to really kind of be the foundation for all this. And obviously, I mean, the relationships you've built with your mortgage customers are a testament to the trust they have in your guidance and the sincere way that you focus on their needs. And the way you're able to build those relationships also carries over to your interaction in the business community with other business professionals in our community. You're a very active presence. I see you everywhere. So let's talk a little bit about business networking and the numerous opportunities that business owners and business people have to connect in the Woodstock area. Probably too many individual organizations to list, but you're so good at it. Talk a little bit about the types of groups that you've found to be beneficial.
1: Okay. Um, be glad to. I, I really enjoy this aspect of what I do for a living. Uh, I mean, uh, it's, uh, you know, those types of interactions and those relationships, uh, you know, are, are great. Um, you know, some of our best friends are people that we've met through networking groups over, over the last few years, you know, yeah. uh, which is really, really awesome. We, we really do live in an amazing community, uh, a place that, uh, people really do truly care about each other. It's not, it's not a cut through cutthroat mercenary crowd, it, it, you not know, if, if you will. Uh, so that, that breeds its own culture, if you will. Uh, um, but, um, in regards, to, yeah, I do get around a little bit. Uh, um, uh, not going to lie, but yes, uh, you, you know, <laughs> the thing that nobody knows is I'm actually a twin. Uh, there's actually <laughs> That's the two only way you me, can pull right? it off. You know, I, that now got, it makes sense. It's, you've got good Robin today. Oh. Bad Robin is
0: <laughs> locked away someplace
1: else. But uh, um, no, I, I mean, uh, uh, there was a time uh, a couple of years ago when I had a little bit of a different gig. Uh, you know, where I was working for a company that was a little bit more lead based. Um, And not, didn't allow for as much freedom for me to get out and kind of do my thing, if you will. And, um, you know, unbeknownst to me, I I wasn't, I mean, we were doing okay. I mean, we were closing loans and, you know, the production was there and all that stuff. But I had lunch with a buddy of mine, and, and he was like, "Dude, you're miserable. You know, this is not for you. You need, you know, you need to look for something different." And, and then a door opened, and one thing led to another. It wasn't anything; it just happened. I wasn't looking at that time, but in any event, it led to an opportunity that allowed me to really kind of sink my teeth uh, into some of the different networking opportunities that exist here in Cherokee County. Um, and you know, being a Woodstock resident for the last twenty years. You know, I'd had my finger on the pulse a little bit and been involved in some groups. I had done close contact networking groups, uh, you know, for I was in a close contact group for about seven years, mm-hmm. uh, started two different chapters. Excuse me them. for
2: just a second. When you say close contact, is that one of those where only one person from a certain field? Like once you have someone from the financial services, that's it. That's our financial yep. services. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yep. Okay. You've
1: got like each profession has a seat, if you will. Got it. And then uh, now there could be, you know, maybe you've got a, an insurance person and one person focuses on health insurance and the other per- person focuses on, right. on, on PNC. Got it. But only like one mortgage guy, one realtor kind of thing. Okay. And and, and, and that was great. I mean, again, some of my best friends in the world today are people that I met f- through those types of groups. Um, but I did find that it was a little bit of a captive audience right so uh, one of the things that I learned though was that it 's important similar to like a golf bag right you don 't just have a nine iron and a putter you usually have a couple clubs in your bag right so I look at a, at, a, at a table when it comes to networking I look at a table a, a networking like a table okay um, a, a table you can make a table level and, and and put something on it if it has three legs I mean you just have to like kind of maneuver the three legs in a manner to make it so it's stable, right? So if you want to go with just a minimum of three legs, maybe you have a, uh, like an open networking group, uh, like, for example, like a YPOW, Young Professionals of Woodstock, which is a, an offshoot of the In Woodstock organization here in town. Uh-huh. Okay. okay, they meet every Thursday at 7 a.m. at the circuit uh, uh, is when the meeting starts. Networking starts at 7.15 or so. Um, so maybe you've got like an open networking group like, in Wood- like a YPOW or In Woodstock, the greater group. And then you've got, uh, maybe a community service organization of sorts. Maybe, uh, it's a, a rotary club of which mm-hmm. I'm a part of, um, Oh, or maybe it's an optimist club. Uh, there's, several, there's several rotary clubs here in the county. There's several optimist mm. clubs. The optimist club is similar to a rotary club or a Kiwanis club, uh, Lions. You know, there's, there's many, many different community service organizations. And then maybe you do something with your church or you do something with your neighborhood. You get involved in the HOA or, or whatever. So you've got three different legs, right? And, and what you do is you invest. You invest your time, uh, a sweat equity uh, you show up early. You stay late. Uh, if there's a, a committee or something, you know, somebody somebody says at a meeting, "Hey, we need somebody to show up early and carry the tables from point A to point B. Be that guy. Uh, um, you know, uh, um, and be consistent. Uh, you know, and that's that's the key. And that that right there that, that touches on something which I, I speak to people about. You know, often, which is you can't start networking and show up at an event. And just expect that business is just going to sur- just kind of like s- just start flowing from it right? it, right? It's not like you can show up at an mm-hmm. event and throw business cards at people, and then walk away, and then the balloons are going to fall from the sky. Okay, that's not how it works. Uh, when I typically go into a new networking scenario, which I'm fairly seasoned in the networking thing mm-hmm. now after a couple of years and, and really committing to it, it's about getting the flywheel moving. Okay, like you get you get that flywheel moving, and then you get consistency. But you know whenever I entered into a new uh, opportunity, which is how every group or every interaction really should be seen, is as an opportunity. whether an opportunity to, to, to lighten somebody's day or maybe make a new friend or Bring you know, bring some positive energy to somebody. I I mean, everything that we do. This this radio uh, is opportunity is awesome. For example, right. So you know what I what I tell people is if you're going into a new opportunity like that, you have to expect that you're probably going to be around for six to nine months before you realize really anything, uh, other than maybe building a really you know from a business you know profitability standpoint. And if you show up and you're willing to give first and give of your time, and then be consistent, and, and uh, you know, do so with a positive attitude, and maybe bring an idea or two, um, you know, maybe invite a friend, maybe a little It's amazing how mm-hmm. you know, one new teammate can make such a big difference sometimes, and you look at things from that perspective, and you're not looking to take. Instead, what you're trying to do is give and give value, because when you do that and you do it consistently, eventually it will come back. You just have to be patient.
0: Well, and I've seen some people who have gone into a networking event and they start talking to people and they say, well, this isn't really my audience. But I think what they don't get in that is that you're building partnerships, you're building relationships. And a lot of times those relationships will turn into referrals down the road because that person knows somebody who knows somebody who maybe will need you in the future. But they get to know you, they get to trust you. They know the kind of person you are. And, you know, I I think the business community in Woodstock, from what I've seen, and tell me if you agree, is a real reflection of kind of the overall charm of Woodstock. I mean, people want to help each other, there's a lot of concern for the other guy.
1: Absolutely. And it's a reflection of the leadership of our of our city and and our county. Um, You know, uh, Mayor Donnie and and, you know, our our city uh, city managers. And, you know, I mean, they just do a tremendous job, Um, you know, so it really starts from the top down. Uh, But Woodstock has built an amazing community. Uh, um, And, you know, there's there's multiple groups. Uh, um, you know, you've like, for example, just talking about a Thursday morning, you know, you've got y that meets at seven and then immediately following y you've got the Woodstock Business Club that meets at mm-hmm. Reformation. And that's a very energetic group that's been around for about a year and a half or so, maybe two years. And just an amazing group of people that really all they care about is energizing each other and helping each other. And, and, you know, the, the, I, think- right,
2: I, I got to break in here because let me give you some experience from a guy who's lived here all of like maybe 10 weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So when I get to town, and I'm a little bit spoiled because from a networking standpoint, a lot of people come to me because people want to be on the radio show. It's part of the attraction. It's part of why our business model works. You know, putting Makes uh, sense. so I've been a little bit spoiled over the years. But I knew when I got to Woodstock, I really want to immerse myself into the business community. So one of the things that I did right out of the box, I knew Jim Bulger. I didn't know you lived in Woodstock. You suggested I start getting involved with uh, in Woodstock, which has been oh my goodness, what a blessing! I've met so many wonderful people with and through that. And
1: great organization.
2: Oh man, absolutely. And then, but I thought, you know what? I'm really going to pull out all the stops, Um, and so I started looking at um, at some different networking groups on the computer, and I found this Woodstock Business Club, and so I just reached out with a few emails inviting people to be on the show. A guy by the name of David Jackson with Heritage Financial, David, great, reached right back out to me. Um, Usually, when they when I have those conversations, those people want to talk about themselves and see if they can get on the show. Not at all. David was talking about this great. Group he was part of. He says you got to come, man. You got to. You know. I went first morning. I brought my kid with me, Kelly, who's in the studio today, and, uh, and so she witnessed this. I walk into the room. I meet this guy who I now know his name is Rudy Garza.
1: Rudy. Rudy's great too.
2: <laughs> we did this little exercise where you were introduced to the other guy. Mm-hmm. I got the name wrong. I called him Steve, but you know why? The uh, Rudy. The Rudy never talked about Rudy. Rudy was all about how can I introduce Stone around? Mm-hmm. How can I get him? And he introduced me to a guy named Steve. I got it confused. This group has been so, and it's really true, both of these groups, they have been so em- embracing it. Welcoming.
1: They're very yes, welcoming. Yeah. They're
2: very, in their relationship, I'm attracted to, I think the, our, the whole ethos of Business Radio X is much more, we're attracted to, and I think that, that we draw uh, people who are more relationship oriented and less transactional. Mm-hmm. And my experience over the years, maybe I'm a little bit jaded, has been that some networking things are far more transactional. Oh, my goodness. I swear to you, and I don't know when and how clients may or may not come from that group of referrals. I bet they do. They do. But everybody in that room right now, and they they haven't known me. I've You know, I've been to the four meetings or whatever. I, I get, they're going to try to help me they any are. way they can. They're going to take my call. I mean, I really believe I could call Rudy and tell him I got a flat tire and I need him to come help me. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just completely different.
1: Rudy's that kind of guy. He'd help you out. I, I you think, know. And yeah. I think
2: a lot of people in this group are, and I do have a little, I got a tip for single guys. I don't know if they, <laughs> so I announced
0: two this meetings This to be good. <laughs>
2: no, this is great. Now, you know, look, I'm off the market and I'm no prize anyway, but I just, I still think this is a valid tip. I was telling Kelly about this on the walk down. Uh, not this last meeting, the one before, I shared with the group, "Hey, um, here in the in the Cherokee uh, Business Radio X Studio, we're going to launch a women in business show. Right. So, if you're interested, you know I, I do eventually need a sponsor, but right now I'm looking for a lead host. I'm looking for good, compelling stories to share about women in business." You know how many women in business I've met in the last week and
1: a half <laughs> quite a few
2: even if you don't want to do it for business guys, if you're on the market, get yourself a women in business radio show, <laughs> but no, the groups are fantastic they, it's been marvelous
1: they really are i mean and 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 you know it is about the relationship as 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 Jim mm-hmm. mentioned you know i mean when when an individual like goes into a room is like okay, let's say there was another mortgage guy, and they go in there and they go. <laughs> There's 70 people in this room. There's only three realtors. Like, I mean, I'm like a re- real, you know, I don't look, I, I personally, you know, this is just my opinion. And if you ask Mrs. Wright, I've been wrong about many, many things <laughs> over the years. Okay. Uh, um, but, you know, my opinion is that people do business with people that they like and Absolutely. people that like them. Okay. So uh, my my job is at, at the end of the day to just make as many friends as I can. Okay. And and, and you do that by just being genuine uh, and and sharing and asking questions like Rudy, you know, like Rudy right? does. You know, you're
2: he was all about me.
1: That's yeah. That's, and that's So were know. the other
2: three people in the group. They were all members, and it was it was all about me. What can we do to and help? you? Trying
1: people? to find a way to create a yes. connection, right? right. Um, um, because when you create that connection, and this is a, this is a t- this could be a technique, if you will, you know. But when you when you create a triangular connection between two people, and it has absolutely no benefit to you, right? those two people tend to think a little bit more highly of you. Sure.
2: Yeah, you know, you're the hero in the story, right? You're that mega you got, you got nothing.
1: You got nothing in it, right? So every now and then I'll have an opportunity to either address a crowd. Uh, you know, I talk a little bit about my history as a kid and, and some of the things that tied into, like, the mortgage business and stuff like that. But I usually finish with kind of a thought, which is, you know, the single best thing that we can do as human beings is to help someone else without the expectation of recompense. Mm. So apply that to your life and your networking, your business, you know, just everything. And you, in my in my experience, and not not that the road isn't sometimes rocky, um, but usually if you if you live it that way, I think things tend to fall in place.
0: Well, you're so good at it. Let me let me ask you this: Let's kind of look at the other side of the coin. As you go to these events, what mistakes do you see people making? Where because of the way they're interacting or because of the intent they have going into the event, they're not going to get the full benefit of those interactions.
1: I I think the most common mistake that people make is they try to uh, interact with too many people. Um, Instead of going into, instead of going into a a, a setting and having the mindset of, if I have one or two meaningful interactions in this environment, then that's a win for me. Um, Because then you're really giving, more value to the other person. Um, uh, I, have seen it happen many times where I'll be sitting at a, I'll be talking to someone at a networking event and I can see their eyes
2: <laughs> and they're looking over your shoulder to right? see
1: who's the next person they're going to talk to. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, so that, that's, that's a major faux pas, uh, um, for me, uh, and not necessarily at the event. So like you have the events, which the event, you're not really going to like develop a huge relationship at the event. I mean, you're going to like get to know the person a little right what's the weather like what do you do you know uh, do you have kids well, where the rubber really meets the road is when you schedule that one-on-one and point appointment with that individual to truly sit down. Maybe you break bread, maybe you have a cup of coffee, but it really gives. I you was the thinking
2: IPA, but well, that works too. I think we're on the same know. page here. Yeah, totally, okay.
1: totally. Yeah, got a good brewery right down the road. <laughs> That's right. Uh, um, you know, so it's amazing to me how many times I could have a coffee or a lunch meeting with someone. And, uh, that is, you know, they're not a realtor, they're not a CPA, they're not a financial planner. They're not my like typical gate opener. Okay. If you will. Right. But we met at an event and we, you know, hit it off a little bit and uh, Hey, let's get together and have a beer or, you know, sit at real and have, 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 have a drink or, or go to, you know, copper coin and and have a coffee. And, uh, two or three days later, my phone will ring and be like, Hey, so-and-so stone told me to call you, you know, and, and, and and that's organic And, and organic, uh, uh, methodical consistent growth is sustainable if you do it right i think
0: well and i i guess two other things i've seen happen that i think take away from the effectiveness for people is unless it's a social event a lot of these will have some kind of presentation or some kind of guest speaker or something else and i see people that will arrive just before the presentation they'll leave right after the presentation and they've really missed that networking time before the meeting and after the meeting where you can really meet people, right. and where you can really have those kind of conversations you're talking about. The other thing is I see people who will go into a networking event and they'll immediately gravitate towards the people they know rather than the people they don't know. Uh, yep.
1: And I think like I think it's important. One of the things that I try to do uh, uh, um, is when I walk into a room, and I've been at a lot of these networking events for quite a few years, so I know the yes faces, <laughs> right? Okay, so I, I know when somebody's relatively new. Um, I really do try to make it a point. I think that's where somebody can win. Uh, um, is walk up to that. Maybe they haven't been around for a while. Uh, maybe, they, you know, maybe they've never been there before. It can be really intimidating when you're like a new guy and, and you roll into this environment and there's a room of 30 people there and they're all like chatting it up and they all know each other. You know what I mean? So if somebody walks up to them and says, oh, hey, Jim. Uh, you know, I, you're, maybe you're wearing a name badge, maybe you're not. But, you know, hey, how are you doing? How would you find out about this? And, and, and then what I, what I personally try to do is I try to give them a rundown of how the meeting is going to work. Uh, you know, if I can, if there's enough time, I'll say like, Hey, if you've never been here before, like for YPOW, for example, I'll say, if you've never been here before, you know, we're going to network and have coffee for 10 or 15 minutes and kind of hang out and chit chat and whatnot. And then we're all going to sit over here. Ollie's going to ask a question. It's going to be, it's going to be short. It's going to go around and then there'll be some time for announcements. And, you know, so, so people know that it, it helps them feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, and you know, and I, I really, It's really neat for me, you know, uh, because I love seeing... You know, we have had an, a lot of influx of new people into the, into the county, into the city, uh, you know, Stone, welcome, you know, glad Thank to have, you. You. D- glad to have I, you, brother. I
2: certainly feel welcome, I gotta say, man. It,
1: it's an amazing place, it really is, you know, so it's, it, it's, what I, what I really dig is seeing the evolution of some of these folks, like, you know, the first time somebody stands up in a meeting and they say, like, I'm just, I mean, the, the, sometimes, you know, I'm just terrified, I don't like public speaking, you know, and this is, you know, like, I'm outside my comfort zone, and then the pull them aside and say like, Hey, you did a really good job. Remember when you go outside your comfort zone, that's where the magic happens and it's going to get more comfortable as you, as you progress. And then you see them evolve and you see their business growing. I mean, that, that it's very rewarding. You know, I mean, the mortgages is what we do to keep the light on, you know, to keep the lights on. But I think like the networking, the community involvement, the rotary, uh, you know, what we do up in Ballground, uh, um, the association of real, those are the things that truly, those are the things that help fill
0: my cup. Well, and you mentioned Ballground and I guess one thing I I want to mention here is that while there's a lot of networking opportunities within Woodstock, a lot of the surrounding area has started to build their own business networking groups and business associations like Ballground. I think there's one in Holly Springs. Obviously, we have the Cherokee Chamber, and with some of the larger groups like the Chamber, a lot of that Relationship building is going to happen in the smaller committees, right, and in the smaller groups within those larger groups. But you know, for a business person in Woodstock, there's a lot of opportunities just outside of our city, too, Mm -hmm. as well as within totally. And you know, you talk about relationships, I mean, part of the fun for me when I go to these is connecting people, just like you said, that triangulation. I mean, when Stone first got to town, I spent most of my time in networking groups. Bringing people over and saying, "Stone, you got to meet this. this You got to meet
1: this guy." Uh,
2: Jim is the poster child for this triangle thing you've described. I I mean, that's what, and he really, you did do that. And I, I I love doing it. Well, and I should do more of that. On purpose, I, ha- I don't guess I've intentionally. Uh, and in my in my business, I guess we organically do that, right? right. Yeah, exactly. Because like, because I get to be the the host in, in some of these shows, and and, you're and, connecting people, and I'm connecting people, and they meet, get to meet each other inside the studio. So I guess that's happening. But but I will confess, and this has been really helpful for me. This has been very instructional for me. I think I'm going to work harder as I go to these things. To and now that I do know a few people, right? You, right. Know, I'm meeting, I, you know, i meeting. You know, I'm meeting Darren and I'm meeting Ellen, and I can. And I'm going to start doing this intentionally. And, um, you know, just I I think I'll wear one of those bracelets. Like, what would Jim do?
1: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Can't you get one of those on the Internet? I'm sure they're readily available.
0: You know, I I think Robin said it best when he said that, you know, you can go to one of these events and you can pass out 50 business cards and you can shake 50 hands. And at the end of the night, nobody really knows you or what you do.
1: Your business card ends up in file 13. Mm -hmm. Exactly.
0: I'm sure. Or you can go and you can have... Two, three, five—really good conversations with people, learning about their business, even if you don't talk about yours. But it's that relationship, and that—and you'll you'll have time to talk about your business at some future meeting because they're right, over that beer, over you. that coffee. If you, if, if, that you,
1: if you do it the right way people will ask you what you do right. instead of you right. telling them what you do you know i mean like that's really my intent and i'm i'm this is something that i'm i'm bad about i know that there are some protocols like in the networking got a, a, a codex you know it says that like you're supposed to wear a name tag so you're you know people that forgot your name don't don't get embarrassed when they don't remember your name <laughs> 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 okay i mean <laughs> but i'm terrible about wearing name badges and i'm terrible about carrying business cards around i just i'm, I'm bad about it okay because i don't go to the events for that
2: right Besides, you're Robin Wright. Everybody knows Robin Wright.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Wright. (laughs) Well, and we should mention that whether you're an established business or whether it's a new business or whether it's a new concept getting ready to be a business, these kind of relationships can be very beneficial. I mean, they can build visibility for your business they can definitely build those resource partners for you down the road?
1: Well, look at Eden in Woodstock that just recently opened, okay? Uh, they were uh, participated, they're members of the in Woods, uh, of uh, in, in Woodstock and also uh, the WBC. And, uh, you know, WBC helped out with their, a lot of people from WC helped out with their Kickstarter. The painter is a guy that's a member of the business club. I mean, you know, there's, you know, when you're starting a new business, you need a good CPA. You need a good, yeah. uh, 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 you know, insurance guy. You, you need you know everybody needs a coach right i mean uh, yes. larry bird had a coach you know phil jackson had a coach so you know everybody needs a, and there's and the thing is in in, the, in in all almost all of these settings there are multiple people in multiple categories and we all work together uh, Darren Hunter, who is the the lead yeah. at at, uh, at the Woodstock Business Club, he and I are good friends. You know, we work in a very similar business, in the same business. Uh, you know, and uh, but there's a lot of business out there, and and it's, it doesn't oh, have to be cutthroat. You know, yeah. we're here to we're here to to build up the community, to build each other up, and and really, that's the I mean, that's the the pulse of this awesome place that we
0: call Woodstock. So if you haven't been networking, and you want to learn about What groups are available? I mean, it can be as simple as doing a Google search of Woodstock business networking, and I'm sure a list of groups will come up. But I think one of the easiest things is when you go to these networking events and you're talking to people, a lot of people like you, Robin, now like you, Stone, are involved in multiple groups. And just mm-hmm. ask them, say, what other groups are you a part of? I'm trying to get more active in, in networking in the community.
1: Well, the benefit to that is, you know, when you start seeing cross-pollinization, okay, where it's like, oh, I saw you at the chamber thing, and you were doing this, mm-hmm. and and you showed up, and you were there, and you didn't leave early, and, and then, then I saw you at the in Woodstock thing, and you're a member of a committee, and you help out, and and then, you know, it, you know so that that, that cross-pollinization is very important. If if and, But I will make this offer. If anybody wants to get involved, uh, I, I think that uh, they still sell those things where the toddler gets attached to the parent, where they have to follow them along or whatever, <laughs> the leash. If anybody wants one of those, they could just follow me around for a week or two, and they'll get plugged in pretty quick.
0: Nobody can keep up with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, so, again, I mean, we could talk about this for hours. And... You know, it's. I think the keys here are get involved, go out there. And I don't want to end this session without talking about how much you have contributed to the leadership of some of these groups and the way these groups operate. Because obviously there's groups out there that have multiple intents too. And sometimes they Mm -hmm. don't allow some of that relationship just because of the way the programs are built or the agendas built for some of the meetings. True. But, I mean, you know, you've – I know you've been very involved with the Rotary. Um, you're on the board for Inwoodstock, Yes, sir. And you are – are you currently leading the ball ground?
1: I'm the current president of the Ballground Business and Community Association. I age out next month. I'll be VP in a support <laughs> he role.
0: He so, All right, so
2: how did these things happen? Did it naturally unfold, or did you actively pursue – like, did you sort of accelerate the process – um, to be on committees and that kind of thing, or did it just sort of organically happen or a little bit of both?
1: A little bit of both. Okay. Uh, um, uh, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, okay, so like when I, when I got in, when I get involved in a group, um, what I do is I take that group's calendar for the year and I put every event on my calendar uh, uh, that they do. Wow! And then I start going to them and I go to everyone that I can. Uh, And then as I'm there consistently, you you know, what happened was sometimes someone would say something at a meeting like, hey, we need help with this. I'd be like, I'll help. Uh, And then sometimes maybe someone in a leadership role would approach me and say, hey, we've got a vacancy coming up and you've been fairly active and we'd like you to consider this. And sometimes, um, you know, know, I, I asked like I. They would say broadly in a meeting, like this opening is ha- happening, and I would throw my hat in the ring. Right. There's been a couple times where I've been nominated by my peers. As what is what happened with the in Woodstock board, which is a real privilege, uh, um, to be nominated, um,
2: yeah.
1: the, the ball ground group, um, you know, I, I just started going to the meetings, uh, you know, uh, you know, so just a quick like synopsis, like the ball ground group is a, is a, is a community organization made up of community individuals, entrepreneurs, small, medium, and large businesses, nonprofits, about 140 members in the group dues are 50 bucks a year. We meet monthly for a lunch and learn. And we do a couple of fundraisers a year, typically, and we're not, we're a 501 C three. So we turn around and donate the money to other nonprofits in the County. Nice. We actually have a casino night coming up, which is pretty, pretty cool. But so that's a really neat group, uh, uh really laid back ball grounds, a really cool town. Uh, you know, you've got in Woodstock, uh, which is, uh, the in Woodstock, uh, group in Woodstock.org. Uh, we typically do about 85 to 90 networking events a year between YPOW, uh, Mingles, um, Evening and power events, which are really a lot great for personal or business development um, uh, and other uh, lunch and learns. Um, dues for that organization vary, but you can get in for as little as a hundred bucks a year. Um, yeah. You know, you've got the Town Lake Business Association, Rotary. Um, you know, I, I'm fortunate I'm on the board for Rotary, incoming president, tickled, uh, um, very honored to be considered. Uh, uh, um, to be able to lead this this group uh, in the upcoming year, we had a our Rotary Club of Town Lake had a tremendous year last year. Uh, th- navigating the challenges due to the just great leadership of, of of our current president phil chacon uh and the support of his wife debbie and, and the whole leadership team all the way around so really really excited about that and you know folks will sometimes ask me you know like you know because i do get around a little bit you know uh, um like how, how do you have time to do these things and you know the the first thing is like the i'm never too busy to help somebody Uh, is what I try to, first thing I try to remind people about is, yes, I I do stay pretty busy, uh, but, you know, my kids are older, you know, Robert and Claire have both graduated high school, Uh, you know, I'm not that cool anymore, they don't want to hang out with me, (laughs) you know, so I've got a little bit more time, Uh, um, you know, and I've got an amazing support team behind me in the Silverton operations team, so that I can, you know, they allow me the flexibility and the freedom to build these relationships, Um, and, you know, I'm I'm really thankful for the opportunity, and I I like to be involved. You know, it, uh, I'm a social animal. I can't help it.
0: Well, thank you for <laughs> everything you're doing out there. I mean, it, it means a lot to all of us and it means a lot to the community. Well, I appreciate that, Jim, very much. Stone, any other thoughts or questions you want to add? I got
2: a ton of questions, but I think we ought to ask them over that beer, over that cup of coffee. Uh, there you I, go. And I did want to mention because I thought I thought I uncovered this before we went on air. Because uh, again, I am just so enamored with uh, with in Woodstock, for example. Totally, I have not gone to a Y It's It meets, you know, I you can throw a rock from where you guys meet to my home. Um, so I'd I'd love to go. I have not been going to that because of the Y. Um, because I'm not a wife.
1: Understood. <laughs> understood. Well, the, the, the joke that I use is I'm neither young or a professional, but they let me hang out with them anyway.
0: You know, at
2: this point, I really could walk over there early, hang out with you guys, get to know some of those folks and then walk over to which type of business club. Is that, Absolutely. is that accurate?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not – you don't have to be young to go to YPOW. You just have okay. to be young at heart.
2: Well, well, and I would like to find a way – if there are some young people there, and maybe there are, I would like to find – that's a – that is a real um, uh, passion for me is to help young people in business mm-hmm. – I mean, I would really enjoy that. If that's-
1: i, I got to say this. It's a little bit of a tangent, okay? But, like, we've all heard the M word, right? You know, like, people have always – unfortunately, here in the last little while, people have a tendency to sometimes bash the millennial crowd. Right. Okay? If you ever want to get energized and motivated and inspired by the millennial generation, come to a YPOW meeting. Okay, then. Okay, these right. are these are very energetic, smart, <clears throat> driven – Um, kind, um, it's just an amazing group of people.
2: All right, so yeah, that's you know I know that was all about me, but
1: hey, <laughs> well, that's I know this wipeout
2: thing sounds which, fantastic.
1: Which which, which wipeout is really a, a, a reflection of the culture that that Woodstock itself has created. Uh, uh, you know, if you look at you know uh, um, you know friends you know friend Fridays, you know the groups will just get together and hang out at Reformation, and you know there's a playground across the field. You'll see people throwing a frisbee over at the Elm Street Green. I mean, this is a very I've lived all over the place from you know the south pacific to hawaii to canada to new zealand and i've never lived in a place that is um community minded and caring and welcoming uh, as woodstock
0: yeah well robin thank you so much for sharing your time that's my pleasure your expertise your advice uh we wish you and your team at silverton mortgage continued success and I know we'll be seeing you at a at another business event around town real soon. Stone, thank you again for sitting in. Thanks for adding your experience to the conversation. So, Robin, if someone listening would like to know more about the services at Silverton or would like to talk to you more about networking... How can they best get in contact with you?
1: Uh, the best way would be to either shoot me an email or send me a text. Uh, you know, my phone number is four zero four four five six two three one seven, and my email is uh, robin dot right at silvertonmortgage dot com. Find me on Facebook. Um, Come to a networking event. You'll be there. You'll probably find me.
2: And so will Stone from this point forward. I think Thanks
1: this is again. really great. I really appreciate the opportunity, guys. This is a lot of fun. Thank you.
0: No, thank you, and thank you for listening to Woodstock Proud. Until next time, this is Jim Bulger saying, "Take good care of yourself. Stay safe, and we will talk with you again real soon."